Thank you, Maggie. And it's good to be out here in front of you guys. It's good to be back. And all you over at uh, Lena Valley, it's, it is sad that on the screen you can be two places at once, but not physically in two places at once. So I would love to have been over there this morning as well, uh, but yeah, not this, this next time. And for those watching online too, it's good to welcome you this morning. I, I did catch last week's service and did hear about this silver lining of, of the fact that uh, the wedding yesterday meant that I was coming to preach. I don't know about that. It was a very good day, and as I was saying, it was actually my first, so I was very focused on making sure I got all I needed to write yesterday, and did write down some notes for today, but I, I guess I've just got this week to make sure I get the paperwork sorted, wherever I might have put that. Um, I better make sure I get that in. But it was, it was interesting to reflect on the journey I've had with, with Citywide and I guess the journey I've been on these last couple of years. And I was just talking to Trevor last night about when I first felt the call of God to move into, into ministry. Uh, I had come down to Hobart to study uh, a Bachelor of Natural Environment Wilderness Studies, wanted to be a, a park ranger. And, uh, and I just loved what God was doing here at Citywide and wanted to be part of it. And I particularly loved the young guys coming through and I wanted to be, in, I thought, hey, that's a pretty good gig if you get to hang out with these guys and journey with them through life. And it was, a, it was nice to see yesterday, really, of, of, of not totally the completion, but I guess that, that journey um, that, that we'd got to uh, with then Sophie coming to the mix a few years ago and, and just really seeing those two grow. Uh, it was a privilege to be part of their journey and, and uh, continue to be part of their journey in that too. has been two years since talking about God's call, I felt it again that it was time to move and make the hard decision to finish up here at Citywide and to move to Lonnie uh, to be the pastor at Newstead Baptist Church. And a bit's happened in those two years. We've had another baby. You've, some, you might get to meet um, Rafi after the service there, Raphael. And you di you've seen already Boaz. <laughs> he was only four months when we left. And uh, now he's, he's two and, and uh, I'll tell you what, he's a climber. So he keeps us busy. And he's an adventurer too, which I guess he gets that from his dad. So I can't be too hard on him in that. But this year has really, well, 2023, we're, we're into a new year, but 2023 was really a year of settling for us as a family, settling into our house, settling into being a family of four, settling into our church, uh, our Newstead church family, which in the last few months has, has been growing and it's been exciting to be um, part of that, what God's doing and, and his faithfulness in that. It's exciting. And I say that because before, uh, as we left, it was a big transition uh, in the midst of the processing the call for, to go to Newstead. My prayer was, God, this is a big step. So you need to be in this if we're going to take this step. And that's, yeah, it's been great to see uh, God honouring that. The transition I spoke of, well, the fact was not only were we moving locations, but we were changing jobs. And it's hard in ministry because it's not quite a job. It's a family. You're kind of changing families. We had a newborn, Boaz at the time, and uh, Maria's granddad had just recently passed away. So I think they say one of those transitions is enough, let alone to do all four <laughs> at once. Pretty sure that all this may just stress, like I said, one was enough, but it was a big learning process and I hope to share kind of some of those things that I've learnt and I guess applied over those last couple of years. 
And the first one's really building off what Matt shared uh, during communion. It's about our identity, our identity in God. While I was at Citywide, I had the privilege of participating in Arrow, the Arrow Emerging Leaders Program, and part of that was to write your, it, it was called an integrated vision statement. And all that means is that it was a time of writing down, how do you see God's vision for your life actually being played out in the way that you live your life? Over the last three months, I've actually had the honour of mentoring a young guy um, from Hobart, I've been connecting online, and he is doing a kind of a, a bridging version of Arrow called Arrow Rise, and part of that was for him to write his integrated vision statement. And I thought, oh, well, I'll show you what I what I did, <laughs> and uh, in sharing that with him, he said, man, from our first meeting, I can really see how you've been living this out. I could get the sense of that from, from just our first interaction, which I thought was quite encouraging, but it's, it's something to think about, is are we actually living out the vision that we feel God has called us to do? For me, a key component of this is living out Isaiah 43 to 5, which says, a voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be raised up, every mountain and hill made low. The rough ground shall become level, the rugged place a plain, and the glory of the Lord will be revealed, and all people will see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. John the Baptist actually refers to this as he, he prepares the way for Jesus. He reflects on this passage the arrival of Jesus on, on his ministry on earth. Now, for me, the word prepare a way in the wilderness stands out because, as I mentioned, I, I came to Hobart to study about the wilderness and to, uh, to be a, a ranger. And, and that's actually an interesting story of uh, becoming Pastor Dan. The young adults group nicknamed me Ranger Dan. And then as I came to ministry, it became Pastor Dan. And again, talking to someone at the wedding yesterday, um, Philip, uh, Chelsea's dad, he, he, he went, Daniel, oh, I mean Dan. It's like, no, it's all right. On the northwest, I'm Daniel. <laughs> in the south, I'm Dan. And in Lonnie, they're still figuring it out, whether they call me Dan or Daniel. But that was my, my passion, and my, it still is my passion, is getting outdoors and connecting with the Lord in that space. Moving, moving away from the busyness. Again, that's what we were encouraged as we reflect on coming to this year. What's some of the, the fast pace, the, the busyness that you're caught up in that, that you're just going along with the flow instead of actually living your life as God wants you to live it? Uh, Steve, Dan Evanhouse and, and I uh, had a chance to get away uh, last year to Mariah Island and we nicknamed it uh, the How Do We Do This Again uh, trip because uh, between us, we love getting outdoors and camping, but we had, had been so long, and as dads, we hadn't had the opportunity to do it. And again, we were reflecting on, on how good it is to have those moments in life where you can get outside of your context, be in a wilderness kind of space, and, and listen to others, listen to what God might be saying in those moments. It's so important to get into the wilderness and to hear God's voice. And it doesn't actually have to be a wilderness place like it is for me. But what has control in your life right now? Is it your work? Is it your family? Is it a new love, a hobby? Is it your phone? 
An annual read for me is a book, and I believe, well, I think it was Malcolm Lacey. I definitely know I borrowed um, Jan Norton's copy. Uh, it's a book called uh, River Dwellers by Rob Reamer. Did, did we, we kind of invited the leadership, didn't we, to read that at the time? Or, yeah, it was, it was, it's a great book. And it's about talking about being a river dweller, living the, in the fullness of the spirit. The idea behind it is that are you living in the living water uh, of the Holy Spirit's guidance, or are you getting dry sitting on the bank? Where do you make your decisions from? Is it in the stream or is it out? Because when we're caught up in the busyness of life, sometimes we're, we're making decisions in the dry. And I am weekly or even daily reminded of this. I have a, a prayer uh, on, my, on my laptop as a screensaver. And uh, it's a good reminder to make sure I'm prioritising God, not only in my decisions, but in, in coming to the day. This actually um, came from Arrow 2. It was an email they sent, and, and I've just regularly wanted to refer to it. It says this, Lord, there's lots of things I could do today, and there's lots of things I might like to do today, but what should I do? What would you have me do today? Guide me and help me steward well my focus and my time and my energy. For your glory, amen. Is that a prayer you'd like to have this year? I know, again, last, last week you were getting people to reflect on, on the covenant, was it? It's, um, what, what's his name? Um, Wesley's, yeah, prayer. And um, this is another one for me that I like to regularly put before me to remind myself each day. How am I using my time, my focus, my energy? Is it for building my own kingdom or is it for building God's kingdom? Another book I read just before I started at Newstead was, is called Canoeing the Mountains by Todd uh, Bolsinger. Now this book is about a company that wanted to map across America. They started off by going up a river, canoeing up a river system, but then they hit some mountains and they were a company built on canoeing. So they were like, what do we do now? Well, we adapt. We learn how to, as the book title says, canoe the mountains, how to, to get over the mountains so that they could complete their mission. And the book is looking at how this group of people, these leaders, were able to adapt to their situation. In the book, Todd is reflecting on how uh, that same way that they adapted could help us in the 21st century. It's, it's interesting because lately I've been also reflecting. I feel like I'm referring to a lot of books. I actually, Maria is the one that's read 35 books this year. I reckon I've maybe got to five. <laughs> but these are the ones I like to, to as, as everyone, I like to dwell. I like to sit in these. And... Um, Another one I just finished reading just before that we got to the new year uh, was How to, Being Christian After Christendom by David uh, Riveld, which, Riveld, which is, he's a local, isn't he? Well, he, he came up from Wellspring and, and um, some Anglicans uh, would, would know about him. But he, he's a bit of a cross, actually. He was at Mornington Peninsula as well, Baptist. But he has, he's written this book about how there's been this big shift. There's been, for 1,600 years a Christian worldview that has dominated our culture, particularly in the West, and we're seeing a shift now to a post-Christian worldview. And I think we have all felt that, probably for the last few years. I, I think for me growing up in this, I've felt the tension, and others have probably seen more so the shift from, from the workplaces, uh, from the media, uh, that 
no longer are we seeing that Christian held worldview held amongst the general society in our culture. So how do we adapt? Well, there's two chapters or, or phrases from Canoeing the Mountains that stuck with me. The first was to lead people off the map. You need to be able to lead people well on the map. To lead people well off the map, you need to lead people well on the map. So I took this to mean, as I started off at Newstead, that as a pastor, I need to, and stepping into this new context, I need to do the basics well before trying to introduce anything new or going in a different direction. So funerals, weddings, preaching, and pastoral visits were things that I wanted to make sure I was doing well and prioritising. And I think that's, that has been an important building block for me to be able to listen and to hear, which ties into then the second idea um, that he presents in his book. And he actually presents it as himself talking to an older pastor, asking for wisdom uh, as he started at this new church. How do I help shift the DNA of this church? How do I help move it? Now, the old pastor's response to that, um, I might edit it a little bit, to say, in the context or spirit of yesterday, it's like a marriage. Now, he might have more been specific about an important part of marriage, but we won't go too far into that. Let's just keep with the concept of marriage, <laughs> of two people coming together. And he's talking about, as leaders, a leader and a congregation coming together, how it's important to, to listen to each other. I think that's important in marriage, isn't it? To listen to each other, to give and to give and to give some more. I think that was important advice yesterday. Well, when he's talking about the cultural DNA of a church or maybe in a workplace, uh, maybe even we could stretch it as far to say with parenting, is to understand that in the relationship, the leader coming in, the person coming in, cannot just copy-paste their ideas, cannot just come in with their expectations of what needs to happen or needs to change. It needs to be worked together. The congregation, the workplace, the child needs to be listened to, needs to be heard, and that together, moving forward, they can birth, they can change the DNA. Something new and exciting. It might not have been what you originally thought would need to be what happens, but it's actually what God intended to happen. And that takes humility and it takes a listening to each other to move forward. And so this idea taught me to hold things loosely, to listen to others and what God might be saying to saying so that we can lay down our agendas and expectations and move forward with what God's plans are. And Jesus used another analogy in that, more on the side of we're talking about death. He said in John 12, 24, very truly I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. We must be willing to lay down our ideas and our desires, which may be an interesting thing as we come to 2024 and we have all these ideas and expectations of what this year is going to bring. But how do we instead listen to what God is doing so that his kingdom can be multiplied? Finally, another book, <laughs> as I mentioned, I don't... It's, it's been a, a years of, of, of reading, but I'm hoping actually this year that maybe I might be able to read 10. <laughs> I, I'm actually enjoying re-establishing some of my rhythms, and uh, as I said, 
last year had been a year of, of settling and uh, enjoyed actually Saturday morning I, I got out and did the park run. So that's for me been a, a thing I've been trying to re-establish is, is my running. Uh, but a book by Susan Scott called uh, Fierce Conversations. And for me as someone that was a bit more of a people pleaser, was, was wanting to, to not rock the boat, uh, that chapter two in that was very uh, important for me to hear. It's saying, it, it was just the title really that caught my eye that says, having the courage to interrogate reality. That as a, as a leader, as someone that wants to understand their context, we need to be willing to have the harder conversations or we need to be willing to uh, rock the boat a little bit to understand where things are at and to build a trust and a space where we can actually have those important conversations. Now, Tim Dyer, uh, again, was, was instrumental in, in some of these ideas that, that helped me move from being a people pleaser to being someone that wants to, to understand the reality that's in front of us so that we can move forward with God's plan. And, and his stuff on conflict management has been really good. It's an opportunity. He really changed my mind to see that it's an opportunity to grow. It's an opportunity to understand our reality of, of, and then think, uh, then rather to think all is good. So one of the first things when I got to Newstead was that I had our, our council, we have a church council at Newstead, like the eldership here. Uh, we had a retreat day and we caught up with uh, Luke Morgan, who was the guy, Luke and, and uh, his wife, Ali, um, shared at, our, at the, um, the camp, first citywide camp at Poltina. Well, he spoke uh, with our leadership team uh, and presented about these different conflict styles. And so to finish off, I want to have a little bit of fun and a bit of interaction. I haven't heard, seen too many yawns, so it's good. But some people had a late night. So uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to call out five animals, and I want you to put up your hand to just what initially, what animal resonates with you. And then we're going to go through a little bit deeper about what these kind of represent in conflict styles. And when I say conflict styles, I'm meaning like when change happens, when decisions needing to be made. Uh, so the animals are a bull, a turtle, a fox, an owl, and a koala. I'll read that one more time, and then I want you to just, just quickly commit to one of those that, that you liked out of the list. A bull, a turtle, a fox, an owl, and a koala. I want you over there at Lena Valley to engage in this too. Don't hide on the other side of the screen. All right, put your hand up if you think out of those five, the bull is the coolest animal. Oh, yeah, we've got some. Yep. How about a turtle? Yeah, we've got some turtles. Yep. How about a fox? Yep, a few foxes. How about owls? Oh, we've got a few owls. How about a koala? Yep. Oh, good. We've got a good mix. Good. All right, well, now let's see if, if some of those hands might shift as I give some of the explanations and see if this aligns a bit more with how you do handle conflict and situations. So a bull, when it comes to making changes, handling conflict, you charge forward. You can be very task-orientated, which this is great for moving change forward, but it may burn some bridges on the way. Okay, so maybe just think, does that fit a little bit with how I handle conflict? Turtle. We had a few turtles. When it comes to heated situations in making changes, you'll put your head in your shell, which is needed sometimes. A timeout, a circuit breaker, but 
if it sits there and doesn't move forward, uh, yeah, it, it needs to be able to actually address the tension to be able to move forward. All right, foxes. Now, foxes can be a bit sly. It's great. They're great at getting deals done. Very 50-50, kind of compromise a little bit. And again, this is helpful to move things forward, but it might not be what everyone wants. And owl, I think we saw a great response with owls. Now, owls, they turn their heads 180 degrees. They like to hear everyone's voice and try and get a bit of a win-win situation, which is it's good, but the process can take a long time as you try to listen to everyone. You don't move too quickly, owls. Finally, koalas, soft and cuddly. They are kind of yes people, though, which, again, is helpful to move things forward unless they continually let others speak for themselves and they don't actually speak their mind. Then the frustration can build up and you get the claws. <laughs> All right, so let's go again. Now that you've heard those descriptions, who reckons actually they fit maybe a bit more the bull? Yeah, a little change there, good. How about the turtle? Yeah, good, I like some honesty here. Good, now that we've heard the descriptions. How about the fox? Well, not as many hands as before, but a couple, good, good. How about the owls? Yeah, all right, very nice. And the koalas? Yeah, good. I feel like we had less hands, but I'm, I'm happy that you guys are processing what there is. I'm not going to go into too much more detail to that because I want to encourage you to, to um, look into it with Tim or to, with Luke uh, in running that with a, a team or, or a workplace or um, leadership team because uh, there's some great insights in that. And what you can see from this is that, um, and it was the case for my leadership group, it shows us that when it comes to conflict, change and decision-making is done differently. And all the animals or all the different conflict styles are actually needed around the table. Too many, if there's too many bulls uh, around the table, then there'll be no one, else, no one left to run things. <laughs> but also, if there's too many owls around the table, then things that need to be dealt with quickly won't be. Isn't it great that God has made us to be an, a body and to adapt, and, and for us to adapt to this, to being Christian in the 21st century, we need to be listening to God's voice in the wilderness. We need to be willing to lay down our ideas for God's kingdom and plan. And we need to be able to work as a body of believers together to understand our reality and to not fight each other, but, but actually against the devil and, and the and him trying to stop the advancement of God's kingdom. I'm so thankful for the journey God has me on, and I'm thankful for the 12 years that I had here at Citywide, uh, for all that I learnt and all that I've been able to apply at Newstead. And, and uh, of course, if you're up Lonnie Way, I want you to come join us. I think we've nearly pipped Citywide, and particularly Lena Valley, as the friendliest church. So you'll, you'll have to come and check it out. How about, let's pray. Lord, just thank you so much that you are guiding us on this journey. That we just pray, uh, as we have this morning, as we've come around your table for communion, 
reflected on the busyness of our lives that can be, the, the dreams and aspirations that we can have for this year, we just want to lay them all before you. Lord, may this week, uh, as some, I guess, head back to work and, and re-engage with the, the, the day-to-day uh, that, that becomes this year, may we have moments to be able to reflect uh, on you, to hear your voice, have spaces that we can get into the wilderness, get into a place where we can hear your voice more clearly. Lord, we want to prioritise you in our life. And we just pray that as we interact with others, that we can hear what you want to say to us through that, but also give us the boldness and the courage, Lord, to speak into others' lives as well, to share what, what you are speaking to us, to others. And as we navigate this, what feels like a, a new world of, of uh, yeah, working through this post-Christian uh, worldview, give us the, the boldness, give us the wisdom, give us the listening ear to be able to uh, witness to others. And when it comes to the tougher decisions and, and the wisdom that is needed, Lord, we're so thankful for the body your church, that in unity, in love, that we can move forward together in these things. Thank you that you've made us each unique and different and that our voice matters, Lord. But it matters mostly when we're listening, when we're in the river connected to your Holy Spirit. So, Lord, I pray for Citywide this year. I pray for your blessing. I pray for, for Matt and for, for Dan and, and um, the Nepalese uh, pastors too. We just, Lord, just pray for your, your guidance for this church body, Lord, to, to continue to be a, a beacon, a light for the community in, in fellowship, in, in bless, in... in um, it's been two years. Lord, we just thank you uh, that... Yeah, this, the impact that this church is having on, on Hobart. And we just pray for the, the coming weeks ahead that we continue to be a shining light. Lord, we, we praise you in all these things. Amen. Share.